0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing, effervescent, bomb ass episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. I'm your host, Hannah Brown. Thank you so much for escaping with me today. Today it is just me and Lily and my cat who is currently taking a nap while I get shit done. Um, Let's see. What's been up with me? So today, I really haven't done much of anything. I took a high-intensity interval training class for the second time this week because bikini season is upon us, and I never want to be accused of not working on my summer body, in the immortal words of Lala Kent. Um, And I just took a long-ass nap. So I'm awake, I'm perky, and I'm back on my meds, y'all. Lust. Guys, I have had such a long and winding road regarding my anti-anxiety medication. I take escitalopram, um, and I took it a few years ago, and it helped me so, so much. And the way I describe anxiety meds for me is, like, it doesn't handle my problems for me, but it enables me... To be able to handle my problems, like in situations where I would get debilitating anxiety and just freak the fuck out, I instead am in like a frame of mind where I can handle things without just like losing it um, one way or the other, whether it was like crying or yelling, whatever. So I'm back on meds because um, after months of dealing with America's biggest troll, i.e. health insurance, I finally was able to like get a meeting with a diagnostician, get a script get into a Walgreens and now I am back and I'm better than ever. She did say it might make me a little manic. I'm not feeling manic, but I am feeling good. So TBD anyways, um so much happening in pop culture right now. Lots of exciting things to talk about. Um so let's get into it, y'all. What do you say? First and foremost, DJ James Kennedy does cameos now on that amazing website Cameo. If you somehow live in a shoe and you don't know about this website yet, it's incredible. You pay a low, low price of like, they can make their own prices, but most of them I think are like 75 bucks. But with those 75 bucks, the reality TV celeb of your choice can make a personalized video for you or a friend or whatever. Um, I do just want to let y'all know that my birthday is July 26th. I will repeat it for you, July 26th. And some of my favorite people on this website are, um, Dorinda Medley from Real Housewives of New York. We'll get into her later. Um, Shangela, Alyssa Edwards, and now my king, DJ James Kennedy. What's amazing about him is like in the cameos that I've seen him do, he like, Gives a genuine message, you know, tells you what you want to hear. But then at the end, he just, like, shamelessly self-promotes, which I live for. He's like, and also, I'll be playing at so tonight. See you next Tuesday. Come on through. Like, he wants to bond with us. And I move to L.A. so soon that I will definitely take that opportunity. I cannot wait to troll See You Next Tuesday. Maybe I'll be a regular there. Ugh. Maybe I'll be a regular there. And befriend dj james kennedy and maybe if i like befriend him enough i'll get him to play some of my jams i always say it's really smart especially at like a wedding to make friends with the dj because then all your music plays with james i think i would be like play more tadric hall but if he plays pump sessions i'll be just as happy i guess Um, But yeah, he does cameos now for the low, low price of, I believe, $75. He can give you or me a personalized video. I mean, he just gets better and better. DJ James Kennedy is the gift that keeps on giving because he's a hustler. He's hilarious. At this point, I don't think he always was, but at this point on Vanderpump Rules, I feel like he's like in on the joke. And so he really leans into just being like, whoa, and being silly. And I think the rest of the cast, while they hated him for a while, kind of like saddled up eventually, not as much as they did to Lala, but realized that like we the people, we the fans love him and he's not going anywhere. So get on the bus or GTFO. Okay, Okay. next on my list of Bravo top box, um, Real Housewives of New York. Now these ladies have never had an off season, okay? I'm obsessed with all of them, but this season, like in the first three episodes, there's already been more explosive drama than there was in the entire season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I mean, the thing about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is like Rinna can't carry every fucking season, and I think Dorit tried to like take that torch, but it didn't really work, and I mean, the fact that there were three and a half episodes about Teddy being late, I'm sorry, I misspoke, Dorit being late, and Teddy being an accountability coach and, like, being hurt by that, I just was like, we need something else. We need Rinna throwing glasses at Kim Richards saying, don't you dare talk about my husband. I mean, that's the shit that I want to see for sure. I don't want to see, like, Vanderpump, like, running into an elevator crying and then Kyle crying and, like, running the opposite way. I want juice. And with that, I will segue back into Real Housewives of New York. They bring the fucking juice, Okay. Already, we saw last week, Dorinda screaming at Sonia, don't you dare compare your husband to marrying my husband. Um, I agree with her on that, though. Like, a divorce is awful, and Bethany made a good point this week. She was like, you know, it's kind of horrible, like, knowing that the person you didn't work out with is still, like, walking this earth, and it's like you're dead to each other. Like, that's a different kind of pain, but also, like, You really can't compare someone dying to a divorce. Apples and oranges, both painful, both awful in their own way, but like it's not a competition. And I think Sonia forgets about that a lot. I think she has a hard time like stepping out of herself and like being present. Like she's very much in the past and in her glamorous life with J.P. Morgan and in denial that, like, that's not a thing anymore. I mean, even Kelly Culler and Ben Simone said it on Scary Island on the boat. She was like, Sonia, Sonia, don't be the past. Don't be the past. Be present. And it's kind of true. Um... Also, this week, Tinsley, like, was on another level, too, which I love. First of all, her friendship with Carol is really entertaining. Um, it's kind of awkward because Bethany is clearly, like, on the outside of it, but also I don't think Bethany really cares. Like, I think she's sort of just doing her own thing, whereas Carol and Tinsley are very much doing the, like, college, like, you're my best friend and we'll do everything together and as a viewer, I'm loving it, um... But Tinsley this week, um, so Ramona had a dinner party for Carol for running the marathon. But really, this dinner party for Carol running the marathon was just an excuse for Ramona to like flirt with this guy, Kirk. And every time I watch Ramona flirt, I get so deeply uncomfortable and yet like I can't look away. It's like watching a slow moving train wreck and I'm obsessed with it. But at this dinner party, Sonia brings up like that's a thing and Bethany said this too she can never like make a linear argument like when she's upset with someone she brings up like 80 different things over the course of like 12 years so apparently she's like still trolling Tinsley because she thinks that when Tinsley gave her that like five thousand dollar gift card last season at her like thank you party that it was actually Tinsley's boyfriend Scott who bought it and not Tinsley and Tinsley's like uh fuck you and also like I'm sorry I'm just speaking on behalf of myself here I will take $5,000 from anyone. I don't care who bought it. I don't care where it came from. Someone wants to just give me 500 bucks, Live, laugh, love. I will take it. I will run with it. Like, why are we still complaining about someone giving you money? And I'm sorry, Sonia, but, like, you're someone who literally in an episode had to, like, negotiate with a plumber to not charge you for coming over because you found that there was a Blackberry lodged in your toilet. Like, you could, you should take the $5,000 where you can and not complain. But Tinsley's like, what? You think I can't afford it? And it becomes this like whole class issue. And so she writes a check out at the middle of this dinner party, incredible, and tries to give it to Sonia. And Sonia's like, I don't want your money. And so then Bethany like sets it on fire and um, makes fun of Ramona for her 70s hideous wine glasses with like gold plating on them. I mean, there was just so much happening. And then you have Luann, who is very, like, zen this season because I think she's been through so much shit between, like, the divorce from Tom and the arrest that she's sort of just, like, cruising along. Um, She had Dorinda in her Hamptons house in this episode, and she was in this cute, like, chic, like, white sweater and jeans, like, mommy get up! I'm just, like, I'm obsessed with her. I was watching last night's episode with my friend, and I was like, if there was, like, a sweepstakes I could enter to stay with Luann in her house in the Hamptons for a couple days and just, like, drink wine and, like, eat, like, roasted quail, I mean, and, like, grilled root vegetables and just, like, cozy up in blankets and just, like, talk about our secrets and feelings. I would clone myself, like, in the prestige so that I could enter that sweepstakes, like, 70 different times in the hopes of winning. Like, that is all I want, so, Luann's, she's a star. Um, this whole season. Also, oh, my God, at the dinner party when Tinsley and Sonya were in conflict, I wrote this down. She said, close your mouth and close your legs. Ah, oh, the slut-shaming of Sonya Morgan is, like, so not okay. Like, I don't know. It's such a low blow. But also the fact that, like, someone would have the balls to say that at a dinner. It's like, what the fuck? And the outfits in this week's episode were unreal. Like, Tinsley was in this, like, fucked-up, like, 80s, like, leather skirt-bow-top combo. Bethany was in this, like, ruffly-weird floral top. Her boyfriend was in this, like, Gucci tiger sweater that said love on the back. Countess Leanne murdered Big Bird and then dyed him magenta and wore his feathers as, like, a wilted collar. And then Carol was in, like, a full body stocking of tattoos. Like, it was insane. It was like they all called each other and they didn't call each other, um and it was it made for like it made all the events of the night that much funnier cuz like they looked like they were like in the movie clue like some fucked up version of clue and it was incredible um and then just when you think that the dinner party is over when the cake is brought out for carol and ramona sings congratulations to you congratulations to you just when you think it's over the next morning they meet up for a brunch like i thought the episode was done and then we're at a brunch the next day and Ramona like awkwardly picks up her chair and like moves it to the corner of the table to like avoid Sonia it was like some catty seventh grade bullshit and while I felt bad for Sonia in that moment it was also so fucking funny and then Bethany like called everyone out and was like yeah why don't we all just go to the corner of this table and ignore Sonia and Luann's like I mean it was very rude of you to ignore Sonia and move to the other side of the table and Ramona just like clumsily, like, shoveled her food in her face to the point where it was, like, dripping onto her chin and was just like, whoop, my food came! And, like, didn't didn't face the issue at all. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about Real Housewives of New York is there is this rift between, I mean, Sonia and, like, everybody, but Dorinda and Sonia is, like, where the whole, like, rift derived from. And I'm definitely on Dorinda's side for this as far as, like, being sensitive to the loss of a loved one. Um, I think Sonia really shat the bet on that, but I will say... That Dorinda's temper and the things she says in a rage really take away her ethos. And this is coming from someone who, like, I feel, too, that I'm in that, like, Dorinda, Lala, Kent family of, like, when I'm mad or when I'm hurt, the shit that I come up with can eviscerate every good thing you ever thought about yourself. So, like, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I am saying Dorinda would have a more solid argument if she didn't always let her temper get the best of her. That being said, it makes for great TV, so keep fucking going. Um, okay, now I want to talk about Trace Lizette. So she is, I've been watching Transparent, I've been binging it on Amazon Prime, and it's a beautiful show if you've never seen it. um, It's such an insanely well-written and well-executed ensemble show. I know there are some really unfortunate, um allegations towards Jeffrey Tambor right now, which really sucks because I think he does beautiful work on the show. But regardless, I think it's a show worth watching. I think it gives you a really accurate idea um, of what it's like to have a trans family member. I have a trans family member myself, so it's really near and dear to my heart. Um, And the acting's insane. Everyone is like a fleshed out character. Like it's just beautifully done. And it brought me to Trace Lizette, who is this like stunning, trans actor and she um you have to look her up on Instagram she's beautiful she's funny she's confident she is like truly everything I want to be I fell down like an Instagram rabbit hole with her where I just couldn't stop looking at her gorgeous pictures and she's an insanely great actress who has like an awesome character arc on the show um So, I mean, I really don't have much more to say about her than that, just that she's a star and a queen, and maybe someday I'll get her on this podcast. I'm going to manifest it for sure. But give her a fucking follow. All right. Next in my list of topics, everyone's back from Coachella with all their stories. I'm thrilled that everyone had such a great time at Coachella. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about how much I hate music festivals, I've only ever been to one. I went to Lollapalooza like five years ago with my ex-boyfriend at the time and I will name him because he behaved in a way that was very uncouth. His name was Chadwick and I know a lot of people are probably rolling their eyes being like, why'd you date someone named Chadwick? Anyways, um, he took me to Lollapalooza. He's like, I have an extra ticket, you wanna go? And I was like, well, I don't really like crowds, and I don't really like smoking. But like, yeah, thank you so much. I'd love to share this experience with you. And this was like at the tail end of our relationship. Um, and we get there, and it's stressful and it's hot. I was really trying to lean in. Like I was in these fucking like acid wash, like studded shorts and like a crop top, and all these fucking necklaces. I was like trying to play the role of like a cool hot festival girl. Um, And Chad got so high to the point where I was literally like, Chad, 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 Chad. And he was like, what? And it's like, if you know your girlfriend is anxious about music festivals, maybe A of all, like, no better than to invite me, I don't know. Or B of all, like, don't get so fucked up to the point where, like, you're not even mentally present. Like, we're not even on the same planet. So that was, like, super stressful. Um, Harkening back to Transparent, there's this episode where Jeffrey Tambor's character Maura is at this like really intense like women's festival, and um, she finds out that trans women aren't allowed at this festival, so she starts like run and like if they find out you're a man, they yell like man on the land and like it's for like born women only. So Maura's like running around the festival like feeling uncomfortable and like panicked and like stressed, and literally like that is not even close to my journey. I have not struggled in that way. But the feeling of being at a crowded festival and being panicked and alone and, like, feeling unwelcome and, like, you shouldn't be there is exactly how I fucking felt at Lollapalooza. It was a fucking nightmare. And also, like, in general with music festivals, you pay a lot of money for your ticket because you're seeing, like, all these artists, right? But also, like, you're seeing them in, like, a sea of people, like, A lot of high schoolers from the suburbs in like crop tops, like doing too many drugs and not being able to hold their alcohol and like spilling their beer on you and like rubbing up against you and bumping into you. And I just don't know why that's fun. Like if I'm going to go to a concert, I want to be like in a controlled environment. Like I want to have a chair to sit in or I don't want it to be like an entire like desert. I want it to be like a room, you know? So the end of the day with Chad, we get to the end of the day and... I'm not drunk. I'm not high. I'm nothing. I'm just at this point, like trying to get through it because we got like rained out and then we had to leave and then we had to come back. I was like, this is a nightmare. And I remember when it rained, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, we get to be done early. We can like go back to his house and like watch movies. And he's like, oh, we're getting let back in. And I was like, oh, great. So the end of the day, um, the last two concerts we saw, I think Florence and the Machine was playing and that's who I wanted to see, but he's like, no, let's see Aesop Rocky. And Aesop Rocky literally was just like a hype man over his own track. Like he was like, fun, 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 what's up Chicago? Over and over, like not even rapping. And then the last concert we saw was Kygo. And, um, or maybe I missed of Monsters and Men for Aesop Rocky and then Florence and the Machine for Kygo, that sounds right. Anyways, we obviously had very different taste in music. And, but at this point, like Kygo's pretty cool and it's like the, the weather's cooled down, it's dark, it's, I'm calm and I'm standing in front of Chad and his arms are around me, and we're kind of swaying and it's kind of romantic, and then he just honks my tits, like honk honk, and I got so viscerally upset. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, what? And I'm like, we're in public, also like honking me like I'm just like a doll. Like it was just, it darked me out. It was like not romantic. It made me feel like a piece of property. It was embarrassing. And I just like descended into absolute madness. And I just was like, whatever, I want to go. And then we ended up just like going home and then breaking up two days later. That's not why I don't like music festivals. I listed a variety of other reasons, but it's a good story. For sure. He literally just iced me out for four days to the point, like he wouldn't answer my calls, to the point where I just had to like text him and be like, okay, so we're broken up now. Like I was at the beach with my aunt and my cousin. I was like, I'm just gonna do this. And he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like clearly it was a stalemate and he was like waiting for me to like dump him. And then the darkest turn was that I, to spice up our sex life, had bought these limited edition Fifty Shades of Grey handcuffs that came with this like satin little sack to put them in and etched in them. It said, you are mine. And we literally used them like once, but I left them at his house. And so after the breakup, I was like, give me my handcuffs back. And he would just, like, ignore my text. I was, I, it wasn't just my handcuffs. I had a bunch of stuff at his place. But I really was, like, interested in getting those handcuffs back because, A of all, they weren't cheap. I got them at Pleasure Chest. And, B of all, you don't get to use, like, a toy that I got for you with, like, the next bitch, okay? You just don't. Like, that's not cool. So it came down to me, like, Pulling a full on Kristen Doty just without warning, driving up to his house. And I caught him like while he was leaving his house. And I just got out of my car and was like, Hey, where's my stuff? And he gave me a box of my stuff, forgot the handcuffs, in air quotes, forgot, which resulted in literally like a year of me like drunkenly trolling him, being like, Where are my fucking handcuffs, Chad? And uh, needless to say, I never got them back. Anyways, um, my last story of the day is how I met one of my favorite reality TV stars of all time, a true icon, Cruston Cavallari. So this was awesome. So like a couple weeks ago, my friend Liz from college texted me being like, do you want to go to this book signing in LaGrange um, for her new cookbook? It's only 30 bucks for a ticket. And you get like the book, you get it signed, and then you get a picture with her. And I was like, of fucking lootly And why is she in LaGrange? Like, of course. So... We go, me, Liz, and Chena, we go to get Mexican food before we get a little litty lit on margaritas and tequila. And then the way the tickets worked was it like held your place in line. But if you missed your place in line, like you missed it, you didn't get to get put back in line. And we were like the 127th person. And we, 27th, 28th, 29th, we literally almost missed our spot, but we like closed out at the Mexican restaurant, had our like bags of leftover Mexican food and literally smelled like oil because Liz got fajitas. We get like whisked to the front of the line right away. We don't even have time to breathe. We just like weirdly put our food down and meet her. And I mean, Kristen, like I've been obsessed with her forever, like ever since Laguna Beach, she was made out to be the villain. But honestly, looking back on it, it's like, think about it this way. You're in high school, you're Kristen, you're dating Steven. Steven's best friend is Lauren. Lauren and Steven hooked up before Kristen and Steven ever dated. Now Kristen and Steven are dating, not now, now, like now in Laguna Beach. It's like now Kristen and Steven are dating and Lauren is just like hanging around, like trying to steal him away and he like goes to her house all the time. Like if you were Kristen, you wouldn't fucking like Lauren either and I stand by that. Lauren was always like edited to be like the victim and like but... Kristen was what's up. And then when she got her own season of The Hills, I mean, holy fuck. Coke accusations, her extensions, her throwing drinks, her ripping out Audrina's shitty, ratty weave, her and Brody, her and Justin Bobby. I mean, she made her time on The Hills count. I've watched her season more than any of the other seasons, and I've watched all the seasons like eight times through. Um, In college, me and my friend Liz, one of the friends I went with, um... Our tradition, my tradition would be to always, like, when I was doing my makeup, watch reruns of The Hills, Kristen reruns. And then at the end of the night, uh, not Kristen, Liz and I would have sleepovers, and Liz would make garlic bread, and we would eat the garlic bread and watch The Hills in bed and then pass out. Like, this was our, like, tradition for, like, months. So meeting her, I was like, oh, my God, you know, in college, whenever I'd be getting ready and I'd be, like, drunk, I would watch The Hills. And then Liz was like, yeah, and we'd get home and have a sleepover and watch it and eat garlic bread. And Kristen was like... Yeah, I love that, that's great. And then my friend Shayna was like, can I get a selfie? And then Kristen was like, I mean I hate them but you're more than welcome to. So we got a selfie with Kristen, we found out she doesn't like them but she obliged anyway, so kind of her. And then as we were posing for a picture for like a camera I was like, oh my God, this moment's iconic. And I was just happy I said it out loud and it's so funny in all the pictures, my face is so excited, I'm doing like, I'm like living my best life meeting her. And it was so fun. And it was a really full circle moment for me and my two best girlfriends. And then we went to a Starbucks after and, like, looked at the pictures just over and over and over and posted them and, like, argued about which filters we were going to use. And it was so fucking fun. And actually, this weekend, me and those two girlfriends, Shayna, who's been on this podcast twice, and then my friend Liz, we're all going back to Illinois State to our own, s- own? Ugh, guys, I can't speak English. We're going back to Illinois State to our old stomping grounds to get fucked up at our favorite bars one more time, live our best lives. Maybe I'll make out with a college kid. Who's to say? Um, I know it's going to be really jolting and we're going to feel really old, but it's going to be so funny. And if there is one thing that Shayna and Liz are great for, it's for these random outings and random adventures. And it's going to be incredible. I just needed to visit my college campus one more time before I moved to LA and might never ever come back, you know? To ISU, I mean, not Chicago. You know what I mean? So for nostalgia's sake, we're doing that this weekend. I can't wait to tell you guys all the stories and all the shenanigans that occur. It's going to inevitably be an amazing time. With that, I'm going to sign off. I am just going to remind you all, if you haven't already, please make sure to uh, rate the podcast on iTunes and um, write a review if you have a little extra time. I would really, really appreciate it. Tell your friends. Word of mouth is key. And um, I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening. Kisses, squeezes, and sparkles.